Hello, friends. Welcome to the Film Obsessed Couple. I'm Shelly. And I'm Scott. And if you're a first-time listener, just want to let you know Scott and I are a married couple, and we like to talk about movies. Because that's why you clicked on this movie, because we're talking about it. And we'll walk you through the movie and kind of let you know our thoughts and feelings, which may be a little shocking and hopefully a little funny. In the last episode, there was a valuable life lesson about how to survive a deadite. So if you haven't checked it out, be sure you download that episode and tell a friend. Yeah, just in general, how to survive like a knife attack, what to do if stabbed, what to do if you stab somebody. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Good lessons. So you probably know what we're watching because you read it or read the description of it. But we are talking about the thing today. Mm -hmm. My (laughs) The thing. (laughs) Oh, the thing. My favorite John Carpenter movie, one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. and I was thinking we could post a picture of it, but I can put the poster that you got me for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, Christmas or my birthday? Boy, they run together. I think it was um, Christmas, because I couldn't wait. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, because I was waiting for gifts, because our birthdays are not too long after Christmas, mm-hmm. both. Shelly's was like literally a, a week. Yeah, yeah. Or so. <laughs> So, yeah, she got me a big poster of the thing. It's the Mondo poster. Uh, We would always pass it at the theater that we go to. There's a big one there, and I would always be like, man, that's so cool. It's like a black and red poster of a guy, like, transforming into the thing. Very, very cool. And if you're like, oh, my gosh, how did you even get that poster? (laughs) I wasn't going to (laughs) say. Don't worry. It's a copy. Yes. Yeah, it's a copy, you know, but they don't, I don't think they make them anymore or they're super ass expensive. No, I'm not even sure if the person that copied this, cause I bought it yeah. online. I'm not sure that they have the rights, but I'm just going with it. You know, I mean, we're just people buying stuff. We didn't know. So shh, don't, tell <laughs> don't tell anybody, everybody listening to this. <laughs> um, yeah, that, and I always liked that the alien one and I would look at them online and be like, whoa, I can't find them more. There's somebody being like. Yeah, I bought this when it first came out, so I want it for a million dollars. Yeah, whatever. But I'm so happy to have it. I'm glad you like it. Because, yes, the thing, I love this movie. It's one of my favorites. Definitely one of my favorite horror movies. You said you had seen it before, but didn't really remember it when you watched it this time. Right. I think the thing that shocked me most that I didn't remember is everything that happens to the dogs. Yeah. Which we'll get into, but... I was like, if I would have remembered that, I probably would have been like, I don't really want to watch this movie. Right. When all that started happening, I'm like, this is the worst part. This is the worst part of the movie. Let's get through it. And then you're like, oh, no, I forgot about this part. No, this one is the worst part. (laughs) Well, it's okay. After this, it's done. Well, when people are getting killed, I don't really care as much as a dog. (laughs) And it starts out. It starts out a dog getting shot at. But it's not a dog. That's what you, well, you don't know that at the start, but maybe watching it again will make it a little easier because, yes, we'll start right away as this, well, first thing we get is the alien falling to the earth. You see this ship or star looking type thing fall to the planet. Mm -hmm. You get this amazing, amazing credits where like the credits push through the screen and it's like the blue thing title. That was really neat. Now the spaceship, when it was crashing down, I kind of thought it was... It looks so fake. I thought it was just like the opening to the movie. I didn't realize it was actually part of the movie. So like one of those production company things? Mm-hmm. It was a big Carpenter Productions. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought it was. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I read somewhere like they made the title by 
burning like paper off of the title or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it would break through. I, I, please don't quote me on that. And I could also say that this is a remake of a 50s movie called The Thing, mm-hmm. which is awful. I bet. The creature is, I don't even, I don't, I've never seen it. I don't know how similar it is. I know it is like an alien, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's like it takes you over, but the alien looks very bad. If it's like a society alien. <laughs> that's that's going to be in your vocabulary from here on out now. I'm society pretty, type. Yeah. Didn't I say? Uh, yeah, it was in our last episode too. Yeah, anything is just beyond description. You'll be like, that's a society creature. Yeah. <laughs> and boy, if you haven't watched Society, watch it with a friend. Yeah, and don't listen to our episode first. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kind of a very uh, interesting tidbit is that John Carpenter, his first movie he directed was Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. In that movie, one of the kids that she's babysitting is watching The Thing, the 1950s thing. I'll be damned. So I think it was just a favorite of his or he really liked it. So he ended up remaking it into this. Very nice. Yeah, very cool. So uh, you talk about the dog because, yes, it opens up with a helicopter, people... Norwegian people, we find out they're the Norwegian team. The survivors of the Norwegian team, as we'll find out, are trying to shoot this dog that's just running through this canyon. It's yeah, like, and it's in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you were not happy about that. No, I was like automatically yelling to to stop. And then uh, when they did land, I, and one, this guy's a horrible shot. Yes. He's absolutely god-awful he's terrible with grenades as well we'll find out (laughs) that was kind of funny yeah i don't know if it was meant to be i don't know funny but but yeah he's he's just an awful shot yes we actually you know if you're curious as to what this norwegian team is about they did make a prequel to this movie also called the thing and original yeah it's all about the norwegian team and it's got a couple of American actors in there, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. The blonde guy that you watch, his name's Eric Christian Olsen from NCIS with LL Cool J in it. He's the blonde dude. Mm, oh, okay. He's married her with that girl with the eye thing. She's got the yeah. eye condition, whatever it is. Yeah. Um. He's like the um surfer dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the prequel as well with her. They get called to... Well, I'll just say it. They make the Norwegian people make a discovery and they're like, oh, well, you guys are great scientists or whatever. And we need you here with us to Hmm. take a look at it. And it's that they've discovered the thing. Wouldn't you know what the thing escapes? People start getting assimilated, changed and everything. But um, an interesting tidbit about that movie is that they wanted to do um, like practical effects, like real monster, like creations, like in this one, you know? Yeah. Because that's what this movie is known for, is just the special effects. Mm. And for some reason, at the last minute, they decided to change it and went with CGI. So everything in that movie is CGI and definitely doesn't look great. Oh, man. So they had all of this stuff that they had made for the movie, like creatures and weird-ass monsters. And the people that made it ended up going and making their own movie and using all of that. Good. They probably worked their asses off. The movie is called Harbinger Down. It's not great. Mm. It's a ship. It's basically like a big ocean liner ship. Finds like a creature in the water. It's similar. And it's got great special effects. Movie's okay. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But um, 
so yeah, that whole movie is just kind of like, a, oh, what happened? And we'll talk about it in this one of like what they find. But you definitely get how everything that they find in the Norwegian station came to be. Gotcha. Yeah. So this dog runs to, all the way to this other station where the Americans are. Mm-hmm. I think they said Outpost 41, I believe it was. But they're like an Antarctic research team. I don't think that ever says what they do. No. They're, that is one thing about this movie. Yeah. It, it doesn't give you a lot. I like it when movies do that because you really got to... I mean, you can tell that they're probably researching something. They've got, you know, Antarctic posts out there. I don't know really what they all research. If they're researching climate, shifts in you know, changes or whatever. But you, you know that they're doing something. <laughs> and you don't really get to know them very well. Like, th- through the whole movie, I'm like... What's this guy's name? Who is this guy again? Now, don't get me wrong. I did like this movie. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a, there's always something in a movie that I'm like, meh. It is a little confusing, yeah. You almost have to kind of like make a little diagram because everybody refers to each other as their last name. Mm. So like, McGrady, Blair, Childs, Norris, Doc, <laughs> Knowles. So, yeah, it, it does get a little confusing, and then they don't – some people, they don't use their name for, like, a little bit in, you don't think, because Norris, the guy who has a heart attack in the movie, you know, he – I feel like they say his name for the first time, like, a little bit before he has his heart attack. Mm. He's like, Norris, you're in charge, and he's like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't think I can be in charge, you know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, his name's Norris. Okay. So, yeah, the dog makes its way here. McReady, played by the wonderful, amazing, incredible Kurt Russell. Man. Who has worked with John Carpenter several times, you know, Escape from New York, Escape from L.A., did a uh, Elvis made-for-TV movie with him, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah, right. Him and the rest of the team come out because they hear this chopper hovering and they see this dog, and the dog kind of like runs into the station and this helicopter lands, and this dude is, like, shooting at them, and they're all, like, freaking out. Yeah, he actually shoots one guy. Like, yes, it's, um... Grazes his leg. I had all their names up here, because I was like, oh, I'm gonna forget them. He shoots Bennings. Mm. He's the guy with the red beard. Yeah, he shoots him in the leg, and then Gary. <laughs> this is gonna be hard. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, it's hard. It is. Yeah, Gary, who's, like... Seems like kind of the security of this station. He's got like a pistol, you know, in a holster. So I'm Oh, a... is that eyebrows? Yeah. So, okay. So I gave a nickname to everybody because I couldn't right. remember their names. So Gary, the sheriff kind of dude, you said eyebrows? Yeah, because he's got thick eyebrows. What was uh, Kurt Russell's? Kurt. Kurt. Because <laughs> I knew who he was. Fair enough. <laughs> Diabetes guy, Wilford Brimley. He's the one, he's the doc who notices that this thing takes over people and he's like destroying the station. Oh, shit. We don't have to go through it if you don't didn't write them down. And we may come to it when it gets his time. Okay. There is a doctor with a nose ring. I can't believe I did not notice that. We're watching this movie and I noticed him with his nose ring in the first time this watch through. And I'm like, wow, how could I have not seen that? Yeah, because this is in 1982. Pretty fucking crazy, yeah. And I'm like, I didn't think piercings were that big in 82, especially on men. Like, that was more of a a feminine thing, and heaven forbid a guy 
remotely do anything feminine. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wait a minute. He's got a nose ring? Completely missed that all the other times I've seen this movie. How crazy. It looks badass. I love it. There is a funny thing that happens that before the Swedish team arrives to the station is that Kurt Russell is playing chess on a computer. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's playing it with the computer who is voiced by Adrian Barbeau, who was married to John Carpenter at the time, I believe. Mm. He is not happy with the outcome of their game, so he pours like his alcohol into the computer, just destroying it. Yes, and we get that he is a very heavy drinker, possibly an alcoholic. Dude, everybody in this film is drinking, which is, I'm sure it's like, that's all you got to do. Yeah, I mean, what else? It's fucking cold outside. Yeah, you see people drinking, and then there's other people smoking pot. So I'm sure that's you got to pass the time somehow when you're just waiting for other things to happen. Stoned or drunk. Yeah. Or both. That'd be a bad job, because you're like, I went up there, and I came back an alcoholic. I'm like, I have no idea what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which, I always like that when he destroys the computer, because I would just imagine someone else being like, that was one of our only forms of entertainment. Right? I mean, they do have a rec room, but it's like, I like to play chess. Yeah, I thought that was a little crazy, too. Yeah, and he says, cheating bitch. So, back to the Norwegian team. Yes, they do shoot Bennings, and very crazily, for some reason, Gary, eyebrows, you call him, Mm. takes his pistol out and busts a window of the station out to shoot this dude. Yeah, let's not go to a door and open it up. Yeah, it's like they've said it gets like 100 below at night and they're going to have to board that fucking window up, dude. Why don't you just step outside for a second? I think when he busted that window out, I kind of snickered a little. I was like, what's he doing? I don't know where he's like, oh my God. <laughs> but the uh, the Norwegian dude does grab a grenade and, try, and he preps it and he's going to throw it at the dog towards the people. <laughs> And as he rears back the throw, it slips out of his glove and into the helicopter and blows those people up. And then there's a moment like I, okay, so the helicopter guy, I guess the guy that was navigating it, tries to get to the grenade. He's like digging through the snow. Yeah. The guy that threw it is trying to run away, and it was just kind of very comical. Yeah, moment. it is very strange. <laughs> you would think that they could come up with maybe a better way for that to happen, but he's like, whoop. Because there was a pause there after he did that, like the oh shit pause. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's funny. And I told you after the movie was over, but the language that the man is speaking, if you can translate it or knew what he was saying, says something to the effect of, no, don't go near that dog. It's not a real dog. It's a monster. Mm-hmm. So people who could understand that language, if you're watching it in the theater or later on DVD or whatever, you're like, oh. Well, that probably just gives away the whole movie right there. Well, then you got to know how is this going to evolve? You know, how what's going to happen with this dog? What's yeah. it going to do to these people? Even if you knew what it was. I know, I know. But I always liked it how you just kind of settle in because you're kind of like, what's going on? Like, I don't mm. know. If you didn't even see any of the trailers, which I kind of like doing now, if it's a movie that I want to see, you know, really want to see, I won't watch trailers for it. But uh, you're just kind of like, well, that was crazy. Like, are these people under attack? Is someone else going to come here? Like, I'm sure if you're seeing this movie, you must have seen trailers and stuff. I would imagine. But it is cool to show it to nobody, somebody who hasn't seen it, like Society or From Dusk Till Dawn. Right. You're just kind of like, something crazy is going to twist happen here and you're not expecting it. Yeah, because when the dog does come about, 
that is pretty shocking. You're just like, what the fuck is this movie I'm yeah. watching? Oh, I after this, I was like, so we haven't been introduced to anybody yet. Who the fuck knows what's going on? Yeah, and Gary does shoot this Norwegian dude straight in the face. Yeah, in the eyeball. And I put it in my notes because you can just see it. I'm like, all these guys are drinking at this moment. And you don't, I'm like, is it like Antarctica where it's like daylight all the time? But later in the movie, it turns night. So it's like, are they drinking early in the morning? Maybe hair of the dog. I was going to say, they're still up from the night before. Yeah, there's no sleep. They're like, this, this, I'm, I haven't been asleep. This is still last night's drink. This there's, is last night's beer. There's so much research to go and do. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that that was one thing I would like to know. I because it's like, well, you would think that they would have jobs to do and stuff. Like the doctors are working and things. It seems like, but mm-hmm. they're all like just jerking, jerking around and jerking off in there. <laughs> Literally, we'll see later. Oh dear. So we get to kind of meet some of the people in there. Richard Mazar plays Clark. He's like the dog handler, and he kind of takes this stray dog in and lets it kind of roam around. Um, Wilfred Brimley, who I introduced to you as the diabetes man, um, for younger people who might listen to this, there were commercials. I don't know if they're still around, but he used to be like, I'm Wilfred Brimley and I got diabetes. <laughs> You'd always say diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. And he's been in a million things. You normally always see him with this big, big mustache, which he does not have here. Oh, well. Which it looks like that that lip needs a mustache when you see him because mm. he'll be talking and his lip over his like chin is so big. You're like a mustache was designed for that face. Oh, he's like, it's missing. Like <laughs> I'm making the face where like my, my lip is like super long. <laughs> They're like, have you ever thought of growing a mustache to cover that six inch lip that you've got over? Oh. It's, I don't know. I always find it so funny when guys, like shave their facial hair how different you look yeah and i know you've done that um and i was just like wow when you 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 have a baby face i do no i know it's in the genes my dad has a baby face yeah so if you want to shave like 10 years off you just (laughs) you just shave your face well if i ever want to commit a murder see i've got long hair now and a beard going Mm. if i commit a murder and i shaved completely and cut my hair really short i think i could get away with it yeah i'd be like i don't know who you are you're not my (laughs) husband get the hell out of this house yeah, I was thinking about that. I'd be like, yeah, I'd be completely different without hair. Not not the murder, but just how weird I would look with shorter <laughs> hair and out a beard. I don't shave because of how bad my face I feel looks. Like, oh, got the double chin. Got no. I really don't have lips. Like where where a person's lips are, mine's just a straight line across. Like you drew it on a piece of paper. <laughs> You're like, here's some eyes, here's a nose, and here's the line across for a mouth. That's my mouth. Now, I don't have full lips. I don't have lips. I love you. I love you too. I'm like a turtle without the beak. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wilford Brimley, he is a doctor and one of the two doctors here. He is trying to get Windows, who's kind of like the radio guy, mm-hmm. to get in contact with anybody. And we hear here that he has not been able to reach anybody for a bit. So they're kind of on their own at the moment. And they're all discussing kind of what the hell is going on here. And uh, Palmer... He's like the weed-smoking hippie. He's like, well, maybe we're at war with Norway. And they're like, you know, they don't know because they're all isolated out here. Yeah, I can imagine nobody can get... Oh, yeah, because they've been trying to get contact with people. Yeah, Windows like, is like, nope. It's not happening. So we get the doc 
it's weird. They have Blair and then they have the Doc. Both of them are doctors and they just call one Blair and the other Doc. I got them confused. Yeah. Um, I thought there was only one doctor. And then I was like, wait, now that other guy's a doctor? <laughs> yeah. But they're di- they do different kinds of things. I think one's more yeah. of a, a chemical type doctor and the other one's an actual like health doctor. Yeah, because you do see Doc, as they call him, like stitching up bendings from the shot that he had. Mm-hmm. You see him like sewing his leg up a bit. He was like, well, these guys are Norway. They supposedly from this outpost that's not that far away from here. I, I sure would like to go up there and see if anybody else is there or see what the hell's going on with those guys. Absolutely. Let's go check out this other place. This guy was just shooting at us. No big deal. <laughs> right. So they do go up. They're like, oh, well, there's a whiteout coming here, so we better be careful and we better make it quick. But yeah, we'll go up and we'll go see this station. And here's at this point, we do see the dog kind of walking through the station for a bit. And I told you at the time, I'm like, this dog is an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how they got it, but the way that this dog just walks is maybe you're putting that in from your own mind onto this thing. But I was like, the way this thing walks is so creepy. Well, and it's so funny because I didn't realize the dog was was a um, thing. A thing, and I, I was like, "Oh, the dog's spidey senses is going off. He's going to check somebody out." Yeah, I thought, "Oh, somebody else is a monster in here because it can't be the cute little dog." Right. Yeah, and and there's a part when they come back from the station where they've got the monster in the helicopter with them, and there's a shot of this dog just looking out of the window at it, and it's you. Again, I don't know if it's just me who had seen this movie before, but when I look at the dog, I'm just like, that dog's face says like, oh my God, they found it. Mm. They found it and I'm going to, they're going to find me out too. You just, I don't know, you put that kind of like this dog's face just says it all. Wow. But the dog does go into a room and you don't see who, who it is in there. You just see the man's shadow on the wall, but the dog goes into the room and it cuts. The movie cuts. And I told you after that, at the time, to kind of keep it more suspenseful, they used somebody who was working on the movie but wasn't one of the actors for this guy's shadow. So you couldn't be like, well, that looks like Kurt Russell or, oh, that looks like the other guy. That's pretty clever because you know people do that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane the things that people pick out of movies. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it's so interesting. Like, they wanted to just keep it the paranoia so dialed up on this movie because you're mm-hmm. like, well, who could be infected? Which I love those people that really get in there and just pick a bunch of stuff. Like, it's so neat when they figure things out. Yeah. by a shadow. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting how deep they can go into it. But we didn't talk about, and I feel like we're going to be talking about this for most of the episode here, is that when they do go up in the helicopter to go to the Swedish team station, Kurt Russell's hat. Oh, my dear Lord. It's like one of those Australian hats, you know, where, like, the side is up, but the whole thing's up. Like, it's all bent up on every corner. Well, it's just the front and the back that's been up. Okay, okay, I was thinking for some reason. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And you think that it would be the other way, the other sides, but he's got the front and the back bent up. Because I think, now this could be wrong, but I'm thinking sombrero. Kind of. They're kind of bent up on each side, on each side of your ears. But his is on his forehead and his back. Yeah. It looks ridiculous. Oh, it's so funny, though. I know. I think you liked it, but I thought it looked ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I would love for somebody to tell me that that somehow 
would save you or help you in an Antarctic situation. Like, oh, yeah, it catches the snow on the top and doesn't get it any... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't do shit, except <laughs> look like shit. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. And he's also got one of the best beards I've ever seen in my life. Like this full, thick beard that I just envy to this day. I'm like, I wish I could grow a beard like that. I'll give you that. And you guys do have same the same eyes. Oh, okay. If you know that. Hmm, no, I haven't noticed that before. Because you do have, it's not bad, but you have the smaller eyes. Oh. And so does he. I'll take it. If I'm related to Kurt Russell in any way and looks, hell yeah. Yeah. He just comes off as a cool guy. Like he he's a great actor and he's been in so many different movies and he also comes off as a really cool dude. So anytime I see him, I'm just like, man, he's so cool. See if you look in Kurt Russell's eyes, it's like looking in Scott's eyes. He's got Kurt Russell's eyes. <laughs> So Mac and the doctor, they do get to the Norwegian station and this place is fucked up. It's got like, it's kind of burning. It's got destruction on it, which I did read in the notes. Once they burned the set down at the end of this movie, they went and shot it again in daylight. So they didn't have to like rebuild a completely different station. They just filmed all the stuff that they burned down at the end of this movie and filmed it at a different location at that, like a different angle. Okay. And they're like, yeah, this is the Norwegian station. Oh, well, I mean, that saves money, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. I like that. I like being frugal. So they can tell that some shit's gone down here. As they walk in the door, there's like an, a bloody axe in a door, like stuck in a door as they mm-hmm. come in. You find out why that axe is there, of course, in the original, or in, in the prequel. There is a frozen man who, this always freaked me out when I was a kid, younger when I watched it, but he has slit his wrists and the blood coming out of it has frozen, so it's like, looks like cherry popsicle. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, that's what I was like, wow, the blood, like, it's so cold. When he slit his wrist, the blood was dripping from his arms, and it just froze before it hit the ground. Yeah, and then they showed this guy's neck, and this is where it gets a little ridiculous, because this dude has cut, like, four inches into his neck. It's pretty much, it, it's. Like, he's almost decapitated himself, kind of. And I'm like, did he slit his wrist first and then do the neck? Like, He'd have to. I guess, because, yeah, you think if you would cut that deep into the neck, you wouldn't have any way of doing anything else after that. He just wanted to make sure it was done, I guess. For sure, but you see his neck and you're just like, someone sick in the head like me is, I'm like, how do you even pull that off? Yeah, I don't know. A lot of aggression. If you cut your wrist, you don't think you'd be able to... Oh, yeah, because you probably tear the tendons and stuff. Like in uh, the movie Constantine, where he cuts his wrists and the devil's like, oh, the motor functions go out the door, you cut the tendons. <laughs> the tendons. <laughs> yeah, he, he super killed himself. He's, he did super kill himself. And the doc's like picking up papers off the ground and they find a portable video unit, which is very funny. It's like, this is super 80s. Yeah, the, some high technology going on here. The prequel doesn't really seem like it's set in, like, the 80s to me. I mean, of course, they've got better filming technology now, but it doesn't ever seem like it's an 80s set movie. No, it doesn't. They get to the thing Spaceship at the end of the prequel, and that this got full-on, like, lights and CGI and flashing oh. lights and shit. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. One of the creepiest moments of this scene here is that they find, they see like, there's fire, 
there's been a fire and it looks like something ran out of this room and like burst out a door. And they see in the snow, still smoldering by the way, mm. you think it would have stopped at this point, but it's like this creature and it looks like two combined bodies. Yeah. So Kurt is like, give me a shovel. <laughs> yeah, he's like, we're going to bring it back. You do find out how this happens in the prequel as well. So there's no mysteries at all of what happened. Because, I mean, if I find some weird alien type thing, I'm just like, yeah, let's bring it back to where we live. And what's super funny, though, is he's like, well, let's bring it back. And it shows a shot of the helicopter, like, flying back. <laughs> and then it shows them in the the operating room or whatever of this station. This thing is still smoking. So it's like, did they, what, did they have the windows down in the helicopter when they were flying? Because this thing's smoking still when they open it up. It's super hot. Yeah. Even though it's like negative 100 degrees in Antarctica. It, it's so hot. It's so <laughs> strange. Yeah. Because it's like I don't know. they flew this thing back in the helicopter and it's still smoking. So they're getting smoked out in there. I think they were just like, oh, it'd be really cool if smoke was coming off of it. Let's not worry about how that's happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was smoking when they found it and it's smoking when they got it there. So that means it was smoking while they flew it back <laughs> two hours. And we should talk about the special effects here because they are incredible. Wow. They, I was blown away. The practical effects was done by a man. I believe he was 22 at the time, Rob Botton. Just incredible. Like, the work he did here was absolutely insane. Super talented for the time. I mean... Yeah. And when was this movie again? You said 82? That's I think it's 82. This, that's when this took place, like... Oh, the year uh, of of this movie, but I don't know what it was. Yeah, like. eighty two. So there's so, oh, okay. so they're probably filming it in eighty one. Well, shit. Yeah, that's really good then. Yeah, the creatures are just insane. Like this whole creature they find in the snow with the merged faces. It's got multiple fingers and mm -hmm. the mouths are formed together. It's it's just insane. And you're like, they made that. Like they had to build everything. Like there's no cheating it with CGI. Where it's like. You guys just react to this whole nothing here, and then we'll put it in later. He's like, no, he had to make this fucking thing. Another cool thing that I thought is the camera, because sometimes when a camera moves over something like that, you get quick shots because they don't want to really let you see all the imperfections. Yeah. But this one, the camera moved very slowly. You're seeing so, it. So you could really zone in on those faces melting and stuff like that. Yeah. So that just shows the amount of detail that this guy put into this thing because we could slowly just really, really dig in there and, and look at it. Yeah, and that's one thing I don't like about CGI as well is that sometimes they'll really not show the monster because mm -hmm. they'll be like, well, it looks like shit or, or we want to make it scary so you don't see it, but it's like, you are seeing this shit. Right, or it's like, we're not going to show you everything because we want it to be more suspenseful or something like that. But this, yeah. this was like, I, I really liked being able to look at it. Yeah, it's very cool. And we do get to meet some other people through here. And we meet Childs, who is played by the wonderful Keith David. He's been in a ton of stuff as well. He, well, I don't know what, what he does there, but he is cool. And then we've got Nalls, who is like the cook for everybody there. And he's always on roller skates, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, made me think of Sonic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a like a a drive-in. Drive-in, yeah. The like, the, I, was, I was like, I know what you're thinking, damn it. Well, it does make me laugh here because 
Palmer, the hippie, shares a room with Child, Keith David's character, and he's rolling a joint, and they're watching, like, game shows up there. Mm. And you can... I'm sure they must have seen these a hundred times because he's always like, I've seen this one already. Oh, boy. And he puts on a tape, which by the music you can tell is just porn. It's like... So it's like you're getting high with your roommate in this bunk and then you're just watching pornography together. Yeah. I forgot about that part. That's weird. Yeah, very, very kind of strange, but... The dog is the dog from the start is kind of just freely wandering around, and these guys are all playing like poker in the the game room. And Bennings, the guy who got shot, kind of tells Clark, the the dog wrangler, he's like, "Damn it!" He's like, "Put that dog in with the rest of them, for God's sake!" So Clark does take this dog and put him in the kennel with the others. I got the sense that the dog kind of nipped at him a little bit. Oh, really? I just thought he ran through his legs, and he's like, ah, "Damn it!" <laughs> I don't know. I thought. Which I, yeah, I think the dog nipped at him a little bit and then. Yeah, I think so. Well, anyway. it's just crazy because Clark walks this dog to the kennel. I think this thing walks with him. I don't know if he, I can't remember at the time now that we're doing this, if he had him on like a leash. Mm-mm. Yeah, this dog just walks with him and then he opens the door and it stands there for a minute and he's like, well, go on. He's like, go on. And you can tell the dog's like, I don't want to go in there. Yeah. And this dog acting again, this dog just walks in. And sits down very slowly. But he's staring like at the wall. And I thought maybe there was something in there. Yeah. Before, you know, we actually know what happens. I'm like, that dog is scared to go in there. Probably one of these other fuckers are going <laughs> to attack him. This poor sweet little dog is going to get killed. I'm like, it will, but it's not a poor sweet little dog. And wow, was I wrong. Yeah, because this, uh, this is where the sad moment for all the animal lovers starts to happen. Yeah. This dog's face like splits open. It's like whoosh, opens up like a flower. Right. These poor dogs. I feel so bad because you've got one that's like chewing the metal grating that's like keeping them in on the door apart mm-hmm. so it can get out. Mm-hmm. And I always feel bad for this one dog because the thing puppet as it's transforming like sprays liquid on one. And you can tell yes. they just sprayed this dog for real with like water or whatever. <laughs> He was all like, oh, my God. The dog's like, what the fuck? Oh, God. They're all whimpering and whining, and this is just the most horrible. I hate this scene. I It's it's bad, yeah. For animal lovers like us, dog lovers like us, and for anybody out there, this is definitely the hard scene to watch. And mm. when, we were, when it was happening, I'm like, these are puppets. Like, these are puppets. <laughs> it still didn't help. I was just like, no. Yeah, because Clark does come back because he hears the rustling and... He opens the cage and like two dogs run out scared shitless. They're like, yeah. And yeah, he sees that like this thing, it looks like a dog kind of. It's like got no no fur or anything. It's got like a face coming out of it. It's got like these tendrils that is like sucking a dog into it. Mm -hmm. And I think Clark sounds the alarm and they all run and see this thing. And it's just this abomination of like dog and monster (laughs) combined together yeah they're all kind of in shock which is natural yeah he uh, one of the guys does run to child's and he's like max says get the flamethrower you're like oh shit Mm -hmm. and so child's comes in with the flamethrower and this thing i think like jumps into the ceiling trying to get out yeah and when child sees it he like freezes and mac is like shoot it he's like shoot it (laughs) and he burns this thing to death yeah, I thought it was going to get out, like, through the the ceiling, because it was, like, tearing the floorboards out. Oh, yeah. Oh. 
Because didn't it have an eye, too, coming out of it? Or is that later, I think? Uh, I can't remember. It, it, just imagine the worst. If you've never seen this movie, imagine the worst thing you could think of. <laughs> With tentacles. Uh, so we do cut to another kind of autopsy scene where Brimley is cutting apart the dog carcass. And it is funny because as he keeps cutting it open, he just keeps going like, Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. And even these effects were good, the way that they showed the, the insides, mm-hmm. uh, all the intestines, and like, and he pulls out, it kind of looks like, I would think it was like a mix of jello and pudding. Yeah. And it just kind of like this slimy type stuff. Yeah, he pulls it out and he's he finds that it's kind of like a, a half-formed new dog. Mm-hmm. And that's where they're kind of like, it was, it was turning into a dog. That's so weird. And uh, we get the very scary line because they're like, Clark, did you ever notice anything scary, anything interesting about that dog? And he was like, well, no. I mean, he was around the station all day. And they're like, you mean to tell me that dog was hanging around all day? And he's like, well, yeah, I'm, you know, it's fine. <laughs> he's like, you didn't put him in the pen right away? He's like, this state, that dog's been around all this time. So you're like, oh, shit. Who he's, do you? He's a good boy. I know. That's probably how it would be of like, well, I played with him all day, you know, calmed him down. He was getting shot at. Mm-hmm. He turned me into a monster. I'd be the first one to be turned. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'd be like, come here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where they do watch the videotape they found from the station. And it's like these, the Norwegian team has found a gigantic hole that they've excavated. And they realize where that's at. And they go to investigate. Yeah, I think it showed them like being really happy about it. Like, whoo they discovered something yay yeah in the prequel they're like this is the find of the century we've discovered other life out there because mm-hmm. we didn't mention it but when they do go to the norwegian station at the beginning they do find this gigantic block of ice that looks like something was in it and mm-hmm. it had been melted out oh yeah which in the prequel a gigantic cgi monster jumps out of it mm-hmm. into the ceiling my oh boy yeah you're like eh. So they go to this area there that they saw on the tape, and it's a gigantic alien spaceship. Holy crap. Yeah, and they do the math, and Kurt Russell is like, oh, this this thing could have been here for 100,000 years with the way that this ice is, how long this ice has been here. And it is a very, there's some nice paintings here, matte, matte paintings as they do it, where it's like mm-hmm. it's a painting in the foreground or the background, and you see the actors like kind of, they swing down to get on top of it. So it's it's kind of neat the paintings that they have here. It kind of make, looks makes it look real. Yeah, it was it wasn't wonderful, but at, yeah. for the time, really good. Yeah, for the time, but it, it looks very neat. And they do find a hole near the spaceship where they must have where the Norwegian team must have found the thing creature and cut it out of the ice. Mm-hmm. So now we're back at the station, and this is where we're all kind of talking like. Well, this is an alien. And it's funny because Childs is like, I don't believe any of this voodoo bullshit. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, of course, this the weed-smoking hippie is like, oh, this happens all the time. Like, they fall out of the sky, you know, and they never tell you about it. It happens. <laughs> the government's covering it up. Yeah. I, I don't think he says that, but that sounds like it would go with it. This is where, if you haven't put it together yet, the, the computer tells you because Blair is running tests on this dog's cells and this 80s computer is very funny watching it process and stuff but it's like he has dog cells and he has a computer and he's like injected thing cells into it i think into the blood 
and the computer is showing these cells like combine and the thing cell perfectly imitates the cells of the dog it was like an atari pixel game yeah <laughs> definitely an atari game for sure yeah it was great and I, I think I called him a chemical doctor, and it was more like a cellular doctor. Yeah, biology. Biology. Something. And this is his computer does some computing, which I really don't think it could have done at the time, maybe. But he was like, the computer's like, probability of somebody in the team infected, 75%. And it also says, um, if this thing reaches population... The time it would take for world population to be completely infected would be 27,000 hours. What? <laughs> Such a weird calculation. I don't know. But Brimley then opens up his desk and takes out a pistol that he's got hidden in there. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm going to need this. So at this point, Nalls, the cook, is like, hey, I found somebody shredded long johns in the trash. Don't put your fucking shit in my trash can. And McReady later looks over it and sees that it... They all, I guess, have to have their names on it, which makes sense if they're doing gigantic loads of laundry. Mm -hmm. But the name has been ripped off and it thrown in the trash. Oh, I didn't notice that part. I was just kind of like, why are we talking about shredded clothes in the trash? Yeah, because later they find out that this thing cannot imitate clothing. Yes. So when it takes you over, I think it, your clothes get ripped out. Mm -hmm. So somebody has already been changed and they're... This thing just was like, well, I don't want to leave these on the floor here. I'm going to just throw these in the trash. It's a dirty-ass Long John's, too. It always makes me wonder, though, if you were a thing, would you know it? And they don't really touch upon that. Like, do you know, like, if this thing imitates you perfectly, would you know that you're a monster? It, I don't know. I've always thought that, kind of thinking about this movie. Yeah, because they all deny it, but of course, wouldn't you deny it, even if you were the alien? Yeah, I'm sure you would know it if you were the monster, but this gigantic body here, they're, they're moving it into the into a closet, because they're like, oh, isolate this thing, get it away, so they move it into this little supply closet. Yeah, best decision ever. Let's <laughs> just store this bitch. Yeah, Bennings and Windows, they move it in, and Windows is like, oh, hey, I've got to do something, I'll be right back, and Bennings is like, yeah, I'll stay in here. And when Windows comes back, we see the Bennings is like in a chair getting like assimilated by the thing. Mm -hmm. So they go get Mac and everybody else and they see that this monster has run outside. And when they catch up to it outside, it's Bennings. It looks like him, but he's got like fucked up hands, like really long monster hands. Mm -hmm. And he lets out like this growl, this kind of monstrous scream at them. And then Mac just burns this thing right up. Yeah. He's like, sorry, dude. You gotta die. And this is kind of funny because Gary Eyebrows, the security guy, this is like the first time he's kind of seeing this thing with his own eyes. And he's like, well, I, I knew Bennings for 10 years, Mac. Yeah. He's like, I knew him. He was, you know, just kind of crazy. Which is good that he put some emotion into it because Mac is just like, let's just burn everything. If, if it looks like an alien, I don't give a shit if it's a dog. If it's a guy I've known for 10 years, yeah. they're going aflame. Period. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's pretty fucking crazy. And it, it is a good scene because, yeah, you, you definitely see that Gary is kind of like heartbroken. He's like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. But... So they're all outside after having burned up Bennings here. And they realize that Blair is not with them. He's the only one that's not outside with them. Mm -hmm. So they all go inside to kind of find it. And as 
you know, Kurt Russell is the last one out. He As he's going back inside, he sees what looks to be like Blair running away from the helicopter. Yeah. And as he gets closer to the helicopter, he sees that that thing has just been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Because no escape. Yeah, absolutely, because we didn't talk about it because, I mean, you know, there's so many scenes in here, but there is a character named Fuchs, yeah. which we just finished Barry a couple, a few weeks ago when it aired, and that character Fuchs is in there, so it's just a funny name to me now. That's funny. The Raven. Uh, but Fuchs is like a, he seems like some sort of scientist as well. He's mm-hmm. doing research, and he tells Kurt Russell that Blair is acting strange. Yeah, because he's like locked himself away. Which, now that you know kind of what happens, you're wondering, like, is it because he is freaking out that one of them could be infected? Because we can just get to it now. We do get here this scene where Blair is going crazy. Mm. He is destroying everything in this facility, like their computers. He's screaming the whole time where he's like, like, oh, oh, you don't think I know what's going on? I know what's going on! (laughs) I think he... Because he did the research of, like, if this gets out in civilization, 27,000 hours, everybody's going to be an alien. Right. Um, so to me, I was thinking he's destroying everything possible for this alien to get out. Absolutely. So you wonder, because we do find out later, he is a thing. Mm-hmm. And you just wonder, was it when they locked him up? Because we'll, we'll talk about it here. He's got a gun and he's, like, shooting at people. Yeah. And he's funny where he's like, He's like, you think that thing wants to be an animal? No, it doesn't want to be an animal. It wants to be like us. <laughs> so uh, that kind of brings me back to your point, if you know or not. So maybe he knew that he was getting taken over. I don't know. the sense that he had left, he's trying to destroy everything. He seemed like he could possibly have been taken over like when he was operating on it. Mm-hmm. Maybe messing with its blood or something. I don't know. Because I think he says when he's operating on it, even after they flamethrowered it, he's like, it still has active cells in its body. Like, they're still moving around and stuff like that. Jesus. So, he does, like, the the 80s action movie thing where Blair is shooting his gun. He runs out of ammo and he throws it at somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, he's, he starts swinging around an axe here. And he's destroying, like, all the computer equipment. Windows gets knocked out here as he tries to subdue him. Yeah. Kurt Russell does a thing where he has, like, a chair or something, like, as a shield. And when he swings the axe and, like, gets it stuck in this, they take him down. Mm -hmm. Childs, Kurt Russell's like, oh, go check the tractor. Because they've got another piece of equipment that they could get into and drive off, I guess, if they needed to. And Childs is like, oh, he destroyed the tractor as well. Dang. And we freaking find out that he killed the surviving dogs, too. Oh, yeah. Which you think you'd be like, oh, Oh. maybe he put them down humanely. You see, he, like, cut this fucking dog's head off with an axe. Yeah, there was an axe in its neck. You're like, Jesus Christ. Because he's like, he's killed all the dogs. He has destroyed everything. He's got, he's destroyed all of our way out. Wow. He's, He's pretty mental right now. And the doc has a very stupid uh, opinion here where he's like, well, everything's out. So I guess we're going to have to just wait for the team in spring to come and relieve us. And he's like, we don't have time for that. Mm -mm. So at this point, they take the remaining dead, like the bodies that they've burned and stuff, and they put them in the hole outside and burn them all. And this is my one of my favorite scenes because Kurt Russell says, like, 
if you were all one of those things, you would all just probably rush me right now. So you're not, and that tells me that some of you are not things at this point. And he does say the line here where he's like, if I was a perfect imitation, how would you know it was really me? Mm. True. And the doc does say, he's like, doc, could you come up with some sort of like a test? And he's like, well, I think I could come up with some kind of blood test to test who may be a thing and who not. And he's like, well, get going on that. Oh, yeah. And right as he's trying to come up with this blood test, wouldn't you know it, they find that all the spare blood that they've got has been torn into and destroyed. Yeah, so they can't do the test. Which you were like, what? what is all this? And I had to think. I'm like, well, I guess if you're up there alone, you would want to have blood just in case. In case you get hurt and need some kind of transfusion. What if somebody like, you know, yeah, cuts their arm open or something and yeah, needs more blood. Hmm. But yeah, they have all this blood and yeah, somebody has broken into it and completely ripped it apart. All right. There was like, let's say 10 units in there. Like 10 little bags. Something like that, yeah. That's and they. Lot. They do get into a big fight here because he's like, Doc, who could have gotten into this? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm the only one that uses the key, and I get it from Gary. And Gary's like, well, nobody could have got that key from me. I'm the only one that's got it. And I'm like, you're not really helping yourself. Yeah, I think he even like did a little look like, oh, fuck. I just said that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm the only one. And they're like, uh, and, and Windows freaks out here and goes and gets a gun. He does another 80s action movie thing where they've got all these guns behind glass and he breaks it open with his elbow and mm. gets a gun out. Jeez. I think Kirk stops him before he, he can do anything. Yeah, Gary comes in with his gun and they're like, put the gun down. And yeah, Gary, Gary tells him to put the gun down. And as Windows does it, he's like, I swear I did not go near that blood. And he's very smart here. He's like, but I can see why all of you would be very suspicious of me. So here, I am i shouldn't be in charge anymore. Wow. And this is where he gives the gun. He's like, Norris, I think you should be. And he's like, I don't want to be in charge. <laughs> Which if you know you're not the alien, how do you know he's not? I know. And you're just giving in your keys to a possible alien? Right. You just don't know. And I think that's what that movie does really well. Yeah. Uh, Childs is very like, I'll be in charge. And Kurt Russell's like, how about somebody a little more level-headed? Yeah, like me, because I'm the star of this movie, son of a bitch. Yeah. And it's funny because Mac does tell him, he's like, all right, now take Doc, Gary, and Clark, shoot them, tie them up, and then shoot them all up with morphine for the time being. <laughs> I don't get this. I, I guess it's just to keep them incapacitated. I guess. And I wrote in my notes here, I was like, shooting him up with morphine sounds like a party. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, okay. Like, if there was an alien, I wouldn't want a guy passed out on morphine in the corner. I'd, I'd need some help. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I don't get it. It It is very funny, yeah, because <laughs> just shooting him up with morphine, I get it. But yeah, it does make me laugh. And if the, it'd be funny if one of them's like, Oh, you know, I'm really afraid I could be a thing. You should probably give me some more morphine. It's wearing off. <laughs> so they shoot them all up. And Mac does leave a voice recorder here saying something of like they can't trust each other anymore. No one's trust anybody. And it mm -hmm. could be anybody. They found some shredded long johns with the name out. This recording does get found in the PS2 video game, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Uh, I wish they would remake it or re-release it because it was very fun. I was looking it up, the story, you do play like a military team that comes to investigate this outpost. You find this outpost, you find the Norwegian outpost. It's a sequel to this, and it does suck because you find Childs' frozen body, 
and McCready is gone. But at the very end, when you're fighting the big thing monster as the final boss, McCready flies in in a helicopter and saves you. So it did. It says something that like Childs froze to death. McCready was picked up by like another team of people or something, and he's alive. And John Carpenter has come out and said that he believes it's canon in story. Like that. That's what happens in the sequel. Okay. Which it, it also we were talking about it as well is that. John Carpenter has hinted that a sequel to this movie is coming out, which I am not thrilled about. Yeah, I don't know. Some things you just gotta let lie. You know, just... Yeah, I don't think anything needs like a sequel. It's just let it be. You know, I don't think we need to know if Mac was really a thing or if Childs was a thing or what. I just let it go. Or even if they survived. Yeah. You know, because it kind of at the end, you don't know if they're going to survive or not. I mean, it doesn't look likely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. At this point here, the doc, it is funny. The doc is passed out on the couch. <laughs> like, all right. And, and Clark and everybody else that's got shot up with morphine, Gary, they're still awake. So I'm like, well, they must have a tolerance to morphine, I guess. Yeah, because they shoot up often. I guess. <laughs> they have a shit ton of morphine around. <laughs> Fuchs is working, the power goes out, and this is like the one jump scare in the movie where something runs past the camera. Mm-hmm. So he does go outside and he finds McCready's clothes Ooh. in the snow. Yeah. So can it imitate clothing? Well, you said it can't. Well, yeah, no, it says, so he, that gives you the thought of like, well, if McCready was taken over, it would have ripped his clothes off and just imitated his clothes. Right. So that's why you're like, oh shit, McCready's the thing. But he's not. No, it's just a misdirect. Like, okay. It's probably the thing being like, I'm going to throw these clothes over here to scare people. We didn't say it, but they do put Blair in like this little cabin outside. Mm-hmm. They leave him with a bottle of Smirnoff, which I thought <laughs> was just so nice. They do like check in on him here because they're, and he does say earlier, he's like, watch Clark. And you watch him close. Mm-hmm. But they go back out to check on him, and he is fashioned like this noose, which I think is a funny shot. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. open like the little viewing thing, and he's sitting there with this noose right next to him. And he's just talking like, no big deal. Nobody mentions the noose. Yeah, he's like, I want to come back in now. I'm all better. <sighs> but this is where they go looking for Fuchs, and they find his burned body in the snow. And they hypothesize that he might have... Tried to burn himself to stop from becoming a thing, maybe. Oh, what an awful way to go. <sighs> Terrible way. And and this Kurt Russell's like, we're going to go to my cabin real quick before we go back inside. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because I didn't leave my lights on last night when I left. And his lights in his cabin are on. Yeah, then the camera pans over there and you see the light on. You're like, holy shit. So, supposedly, whoever was the thing probably went in there and got some of his clothes and like threw it outside so someone could find it Mm-hmm. Mm, this thing is smart yeah so everybody back in the station's waiting because it's Nalls and mcready who went up to go find it and it's really interesting because like it's snowing so hard outside that they have like this line that they have to like connect themselves to mm-hmm. to like kind of walk in the snow Nalls runs back and they let him inside and he's like mcready He's like, I had to cut him loose. He like got suspicious of McCready, so he cut the line back and Yikes. ran back inside. Yikes. Because then you're like, oh, he's just, he's out there lost. <laughs> yeah. And everybody back in the station has barricaded the doors with like wood and, and 
MacReady's trying to get back inside. They see, like, the doorknob turning and stuff, and they're like, they're not letting him back in because they, at this point, think that MacReady is a thing. Yeah, and he's like, I'm freezing out here, guys. Let me in. Because <laughs> they're like, well, he couldn't have survived out there in that cold. No way, unless he was a thing. Oh, no. Um, as they are boarding up the doors and stuff, Norris does, like, kind of hold his chest a little bit like he's having chest pains. And he's like, oh, ow. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> well, as they're boarding up the door, they realize that McCready has broken a window in another door and gotten in. So they go into that room and they see that McCready is holding a flare close to some dynamite. <laughs> and he's like, back off. So dynamite. Very unstable. Yeah. If we've watched any movies at all, we know dynamite extremely unstable right and he's just carrying it on his chest bouncing around and has a fucking flare next to it that sparks all over everything (laughs) you know this is real safe yeah he's like anybody messes with me and this whole camp goes you move just right this whole camp goes they're like mac don't do it he turns slightly He's like what'd you say (laughs) just blows up movies over (laughs) while they're fighting a bit they rush mac and Norris gets knocked over, and as he does, he starts having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, oh shit, we kind of caused this. <laughs> so they untie Doc, which I'm surprised. They're like, Doc, you need to help him. And he's like, I'm high as shit right now. I can't do anything. <laughs> I'm seeing double. Which, good thing. What happens to him next? <laughs> he's going to need the morphine. Yeah. And here's the greatest scene in, in the world. Yeah. One of. Because... They're all like standing side by side and they're all like kind of arguing and stuff where McReady, he's like, he's like, fuck you guys. I'm not a thing. And Clark, you see him like kind of palm a scalpel that they have laying out. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to take that for later. And the doctor is performing chest compressions on Norris. And then as he goes in like the third or fourth time, this dude's chest just opens up and eats the doc's arms. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. It's like teeth in his stomach open up and eat his arms. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. And in the trivia and in how they filmed this is that they used a double amputee as this actor for the moment. When they have his arms, they used like a person whose arms had been amputated previously to be this doctor to show us like arms getting ripped off. Okay. No green screen. Love it. No green screen. Yeah. And this puppet, they made it look like Norris, which I mean, you can tell it's a puppet, but it looks pretty good. It, yeah, no, it's still, it wasn't my favorite, but still. Because this thing pops out of his body. It's like a head on a stick kind of thing, mm-hmm. like popping out. And it's got Norris's head. It's got like sharp teeth. Kurt Russell just burns this thing. And the head on this, the other head on the body that's laying there, like breaks off. And it's got like green blood and goo coming out. And yeah. I think I read that this thing has like different color blood here and there to kind of make it seem like different. Okay. But they're all burning the body and they don't notice that this head has slumped to the ground. It grows crab legs out of it. (laughs) Which I think I read that they did it in reverse. Like when it grows the legs out of its head, they actually did it in reverse. Like sucked it in to make it look like these things were coming out. So when they shot it, it was like, action. Oh, suck them in. I see. And then they just reverse the footage so when it plays, it's like... Whoosh. Gotcha. Because the head is like... Cause it, because the legs come out of his neck, the head is upside down. Yeah. 
Uh, which I thought was kind of cool, too. Mm-hmm. And it's got, like, little eyes that pop out of it. Mm-hmm. This was referenced in the It movie. They do fight a head like this. And even Bill Hader says, you've got to be fucking kidding me when it pops out. Wow. Yeah, because this thing is, like, do-do-do-do-do, walking out the door yeah. as they're all, like, watching. <laughs> and and did you think this thing was going to get away? I did. I'm like, wow, this this thing is just going to scurry away. I know. It's just like, don't worry about me. <laughs> and this is, I think this was an improvised line, maybe. I, I can't, I don't remember reading it. I feel like it might have been. But Palmer, the hippie, looks at this head and he's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> and Kurt Russell burns this thing to death. Yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, maybe it's improvised because it seems like the only thing to say at that moment. Yeah. So this is the famous blood scene. Um, they've parodied this in many things. They parodied it in South Park. But Mac has tied everybody up on the chair now. And mm-hmm. he is testing their blood. He's like, I got this. I got a idea when I saw this thing when we burned his Norris's body. He's like, every part of this thing is alive and will try to survive. And he's like, so I got the feeling that if, what if, he's like, because if we cut our fingers and get blood, it's just tissue. He's like, but this thing, it's actually alive. And we can try and see if it's alive because it doesn't like heat. So they're going to cut these people's fingers and get blood. And they're going to test it by putting a hot copper wire into the blood. And the cutting of the fingers were, wow, that, it was, it was very painful to watch because it's not like they just cut through one layer of skin they probably like almost severed their thumb yeah it's like you're not gonna be able to use this thumb anymore no (laughs) um at this point before they start though clark does try to rush mac with the scalpel and Mm. mac shoots him in the fucking head oh that's right and then we find out later he wasn't yeah they test his blood and it's fine and childs is like then clark wasn't the clark was human and that makes you a murderer yeah but what do you do the guy was coming at him I know. And it's funny, I've never realized it before, but now we watch this and I'm like, so they're like, this thing is highly infectious, this this creature. Mm. And, oh God, we're going to test everybody. You're going to cut everybody's fingers open with the same knife? Absolutely. I think Windows even rubs it on his pant leg when he's done. Yeah. Like, eat, eat. It's like, I got to make sure you get all these germs off. Let's put it on my dirty pants. Yeah, if I was the people after Palmer who turns out to be a thing, I'd be like, oh God, I'm a thing because you cut my fucking hand open with the same knife you cut the thing open with. Yep. But we get the thing, yeah, Mac is like, now I'm going to show you what I've known my whole time. And he tests his blood, nothing. And he tests Windows. Windows is fine. Windows starts helping him out. You know, and then, yeah, he gets to Palmer. And it's so funny you pointed it out. It's crazy watching this in HD because I don't think I've watched it in HD this whole time. But you like you were like, oh, Kurt Russell's hand is fake right here. Yeah. You can tell that his hand in the scene is absolutely like a puppet or something because, yeah, when he holds the wire to Palmer's blood, it like shoots out like a creature of the blood. I didn't know if anything was going to happen. I didn't like I didn't put two and two together, but I was like, that's a fake hand. Yeah. He's like, Reed! and. Palmer starts changing, and Childs and Gary are still strapped to this chair, and... <laughs> they're like, get me out of here. Yeah, they're like, ah, oh, God, oh, God, and... Window, you know, it, worst timing ever, Kurt Russell's flamethrower is, like, giving him problems at this uh, point. Yeah, right. He's like, Windows! He's like, Windows, torch it! And this creature, like, jumps in front of him, 
his head splits open in two. Jesus. And it like closes like a snake over Windows' mm-hmm. head. Because he's freaking out. Windows, yeah. he can't pull the trigger. He's just, he's, his fright or flight is fright. Right. Yeah, he is, he's, he's freezing right here for, for sure. And so Mac burns Palmer's body. And he does a really cool thing of where he throws a piece of dynamite and blows his body up. And then he burns windows because he can see windows is kind of like changing in the corner after he got bitten. So now everybody realizes that Mac is fine. Like he is right in this blood test is like it is a good way to tell who is a thing. Mm -hmm. He tests Childs. And it's funny as he does this now, everybody that he tests and turns out fine. It shows them like on Mac's side now. But like he tests Nalls and then Nalls is shown with like a flamethrower. He mm-hmm. tests Childs, and Childs is shown, like, so everyone's like, okay, Mac is right. Yeah, oh, he's he's okay now. <laughs> yeah, and then they test Gary. He's like, we'll save you for last, Gary. And he turns out not to be a thing, and he's like, I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, but if you're not too busy, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking chair! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so we're coming into the end here, pretty much. They go to test Blair who is still outside, they're like, we're going to test his blood and find out if he's a thing too, now that we know that this actually works. And Childs decides to stay back in the station while they all go. And as they go into the room, they find that Blair is gone. And he has tunneled his way out of the shack, the floor of the shack, into like this thing where he has built a semi-spaceship. I think the door was open. Yeah, you're right. The door's open, and I'm like, "Oh shoot, what happened?" And they they're like, "Well, he's not here," and they find that the floor is loose. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they go down through this tunnel, which I'm like, "Well, obviously a thing must have done this because no man could have tunneled like this fucking huge tunnel in the time that he's been out here." Which what you find down there, of course, it's, it's yeah, the thing. Yeah, he has taken like all these parts of all the things that he's broken, and he's made a spaceship. Mm-hmm. And Nulls, as he's like waiting in the shack, kind of looking outside sees what looks to be Childs run outside and disappear into the snow. Oh, yeah. And he was like, well, I, I think I saw Childs run outside. So anytime when you have a group of people and you have aliens around, y'all, you want to stay together. Right. Especially when it just takes a little bit of blood. And it completely imitates you. Yeah. Like how long was Palmer infected? Who knows? But he was acting normal. But we're going to leave one guy isolated by himself while we go off and we're going to come back and not know yeah, if he's the thing or not, even though we just did the test. Yeah, it, it, that's crazy. They're stay, like, stay together. All of us are going to stay here and or go out and you're going to stay here by yourself. We know that a thing could possibly still be there. So see you. Yeah, bye. Like, are you guys wanting me to get killed? If I was child, I'd be like, I'm going with you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well... As they're in this cabin, the power to the entire camp goes out. Damn it. And he's like, oh, the generator must have been destroyed or gone out. Because Kurt Russell just immediately jumps to, this thing knows that it's not getting out of here with us here. So it wants to go back to sleep. If it freezes, it'll just be asleep for however long and it'll be found again. Mm-hmm. But we'll be killed because it'll be 100 to below in here in like six hours. Yeah, we won't survive, but it it can. Yeah. Mm. Which is so funny because they they are burning this whole thing down. They're like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to heat this place up so they destroy everything. They like blow the, the camp up. They're throwing dynamite and shit in it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let's heat it up in here for a bit. 
they finally go into the room and they were like, oh, how's the generator? And I'm like, you didn't check this before? <laughs> like, if you're like, oh, the generator is completely destroyed. We're going to die no matter what. You'd be like, let me see if I can't fix it first. Right? That That's a little weird. Maybe they were like, oh, damn, we forgot to check the generator first. Yeah, because they go into the generator room and he was like, how's the generator? And I'm like, what the fuck? You blown up the whole camp oh. without looking? <laughs> and Gary has the good line. He's like, it's gone, McCready. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, it's gone. Whoa. The whole generator has been taken. Damn. And it, it does make me laugh, too, because these guys are all like, oh, we're all going to die here. We're going to blow this camp up. None of them are freaking out. They're all just kind of resigned to their fate, like, well, we're going to die, so might as well just blow this shit up. I'd be kind of, like, freaking out a little bit. I would be, too. I'd be like, oh, God, we're all going to freeze to death. That's a terrible death. I'd be like, how about we sit down and weigh our options here? Yeah. And, and let's keep the dying to the very bottom. Let's try other things first. Right. And, you know, if, if dying happens along the way, then okay, that's fine. But let's at least try to survive. For real. Yeah, like, think about it a bit, but... Kurt Russell is just like, well, power's out. We're going to die. Let's try and take this thing out with us. I'm like, uh, excuse me. Excuse me just a second. Um, let's just think here. Did you take some of that morphine? Because it yeah. kind of seems like it. Dude, that, that, there you go. If I was like, we're going to freeze to death, I'd be like, so I'm going to, do we have three bottles of morphine? That's one for each of us. All right. See you later. Yeah. I'm going to go peacefully. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, they get, they do get into the generator room and they all start setting their charges and talk about splitting up. They all split up oh, to set Jesus. their own charges. Again, lesson, and lesson here. Yeah, Nalls just disappears. And uh, Gary, the sheriff dude, is like setting his charges. And Blair shows up out of nowhere. He grabs his face with his hand. And his hand like starts merging into his face. Ugh. It looks pretty good. It's really well done, yeah. yeah. And Kurt Russell goes to investigate Nalls' disappearance. And it's like a shark, this un or Trimmers, if you remember that movie, mm -hmm. where the thing is like tunneling underground and it shoots up and it's just this gigantic monster creature with dog faces in it. And it's like the final boss. Yeah. <laughs> because it is funny. Uh, Kurt Russell is setting up like a cartoon plunger for the dynamite, like yeah. you would see in a Bugs Bunny cartoon, which I think the thing does take from him. But this thing is like sitting here and standing up in the ground and like kind of being all weird and <clears throat> i think if they made this movie now maybe he would have a fight with it but instead he just he yells yeah well fuck you too and he throws the dynamite and blows the whole camp up yeah so i'm being like we don't have money for a gigantic fight no or they probably couldn't even maneuver that thing very well. Right. We have 30 people moving it. You see these eight people over here? They make the hand go like this. <laughs> you to actually fight this thing, we would need a lot more money. <laughs> a lot. And he's like, well, here we go. I'm going to go, yeah, well, fuck you too. And I'm going to blow it up. Like, yeah. That's an 80s movie for sure. Yeah. I did read in the trivia here that John Carpenter wanted this ending to be ambiguous as to who is and who isn't the thing. And the studio was like, yes, but we do want some closure that the big monster thing was killed. So when this whole thing blows up at the end, they put in like a monster scream to let people know that this thing was blown up in the mm. generator room. So Kurt Russell is miraculously still alive. 
and he sits down, the whole camp is burning, and Child shows up, and he's like, where were you, Childs? And he's like, I thought I saw Blair. I ran out after him and got lost in the snow. And Kurt Russell and him are like sharing like a drink of alcohol together, and this has been debated so many times, but apparently you can see Kurt Russell's breath when he talks. When Childs talks, you can't see his breath. Mm. And so people have been like, well, that that just shows you that Kurt Russell isn't a thing and that Childs is because the thing wouldn't need to breathe. I don't know. Kurt And John Carpenter has said, oh, that's absolutely true. And then he's come out and been like, no, that's not true. Just kind of fucking with people. Yeah, I didn't notice, honestly, the breath and no breath. Um, but again, just the small little things that people take from that. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of amazing. Um, yeah, it was weird. It, it, I kind of got the sense that they were both exhausted. Oh, yeah. From everything that they just couldn't, they didn't have any fight left. So they're just like, let's just drink and see what happens. Absolutely. Because, yeah, Kurt Russell even says it here where he's like, he's like, this fire is not going to last very long. And he goes, if it, he's like, what do we do now? And Kurt Russell's like, well, neither of us are in much of a position to do anything right now about it. He's like, so why don't we just sit here and see what happens? Mm-hmm. And then the credits. I'm like, damn, that's it. Yeah, you just don't know. You don't know who was a thing or not. You just, yeah, is one of these people a thing and they're going to just freeze and someone else is going to find them later? There's a, I really like this movie, but there's a lot of questions that I don't like just hanging. Oh, I like that when it happens because you can just discuss it like we do now. And you're like, well, well, maybe he was the thing or, or maybe, you know, they weren't a thing. Yeah. But apparently all this, depending on what the story is, all of this and more will be answered in The Thing too. Kurt Russell was not a thing. Maybe that's why they're making it because many people, they just are like, oh, there's so many questions we can... We can answer them and have another movie. This movie's like 41 years old. I mean, just leave it be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely needs to be left alone because it was, it's, it even holds up pretty well today. Oh, yeah. I think it holds up really well. And I hope it's not like Star Wars where they bring Kurt Russell back and he's like, oh, yeah, I, I was in an incident the other, like 40 years ago and I'm going back there. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. So that was the thing. Yeah, I mean, I really love this movie and, you know, you having had seen it, but now I've watched it again this time, fresh memory of it. Like, what did you think of it? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. It's it's like one of those movies you could watch several times and get something different each time because there's oh, yeah. just so much that happens. And you keeping all the names straight, you know, high five. You did an amazing job. <laughs> I, I could not. I was... I think that was the most frustrating thing about the movie because I'm just like, who is what? What is who? I don't know who is what. Yeah, they, it's like they keep introducing new names throughout the movie. It's kind of funny. It was a little frustrating, but yeah, I get still, you. I think that's the only thing that they could have done better. Yeah. Everything else was just perfect. I highly recommend it. It's my favorite John Carpenter movie and one of my favorite horror movies. And you're right. You could just watch it over again and just have new interpretations to it. It's a really fun movie night kind of movie. Yeah. Except maybe not have kids involved because of all the dogs and stuff. Yeah, no. So, well, great. Well, that was the thing. So we'll be moving on. I've been kind of trying to see movie or select movies that people may have seen quite a bit or kind of cult movies, you know. Yeah, we're trying to 
up our listener base. Yeah, because <laughs> movies that seem to be like the more popular ones, like when we did Evil Dead, you know, that seemed to be in, in Sleepaway Camp. People really seem to really respond to those. So mm-hmm. next week we'll be doing Drop Dead Fred. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I was like, do I tell you before or tell you when we just do the episode? I am so excited. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking up movies and I'm like, oh, what are like kind of fan favorite cult movies? And that showed up and I'm like, that would be a fun one to do. I love that movie. I remember it getting weird at the end too. Yeah. So I'll be very, and I remember loving it as a kid. But I haven't watched it in like forever. So I don't Same. know if I'm still going to love it. Same. There, it, it can be rented. I was worried if it was a movie that you couldn't find anymore. But mm. yes, it can. And yeah, I remember thinking it was so funny when I was a kid, but I'll be interested to see how it holds up. Man, stay tuned and tell a friend because we are trying to get our our listeners up so we can maybe make money one day. Um, But, you know, that's not our primary goal, but we would just like to see what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. And we need your help. So uh, next week, maybe another kind of like... You know, one of our favorites or us talking about a good movie because we don't always want to do just terrible movies, but we're doing Drop Dead Fred next week. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.